If you have a true scary story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to send it my way. Also, consider rating this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, as it does help. And of course, thank you. I've worked at a small gas station in what I consider a middle-of-nowhere town for quite a few years now. I used to work the day shift, but I decided that I would take the pay increase and lose my social life and work the overnight shift instead. Not like I had much of a social life to lose, but to be honest, I've been married for about 10 years now, and we don't exactly go out to parties or hang out with our friends or anything. Thankfully, my wife doesn't mind that I work the overnight shift, and we've made it work between the two of us. Honestly, the job has been incredibly uneventful for the years that I've worked it, with very little exception. Obviously, this is an event that is an exception. One important thing to note about this station is that we are, mostly, a 24 by 7 station with a one-hour exception each night for us to count down the drawer and do the receipt drop in the back. Basically, we close the store for one hour to mark the end of the business day for the business and pull the numbers. They used to not close to do it, but there was one point where the store was actually robbed by a former employee during the count because he knew the time that it was done, and the door was unlocked, so he took advantage of it. Ever since then, they've made it to where the store is closed for one hour every night. It's a weird system, but it does work in the end. On this night, I had closed down the store at 3am, as I was scheduled to do, and I had counted down the drawer first and then did the receipt print for the card transactions. I had actually gotten it down to about 40 minutes, so I had 20 minutes until I needed to reopen and I decided that I would go ahead and just take a few moments to myself behind the counter. Kind of like a power nap sort of thing. Not really sleeping, but just dozing off for the full 20 minutes. A couple seconds after I had sat and closed my eyes, I started hearing what sounded like a banging noise. It was enough to pull me from my light nap and make me jump. I looked around at the doors, and there was a woman that was smacking one of the doors, and pulling on it as hard as she could. At first, I instinctively started saying, We're closed until four. I can't unlock the door until then. But as I started talking, I could tell by the way that she was frantically pulling at the door and staring at me that something was seriously wrong. Since I'd already counted down the drawer, I figured that I could let her in and at least see what the hell was going on. I walked around the counter and unlocked the door and asked what I could help her with. She told me that her car had broken down a few blocks down the road, and that she was trying to get here so that she could have someone pick her up, since she wasn't from around the area. But, then said that for the last block or two, there was somebody that was following her. Now, this was definitely a creepy story, but I was a bit skeptical at first. It almost felt like one of those stories that you would tell to scam someone, or to get them to let their guard down. 
I actually asked her what she wanted me to do about it, and she said that she just wanted to come inside to call her husband so that he could come and get her. After a few moments of her reiterating things, and me feeling like she was probably telling the truth, I decided to just let her in and lock the door. I told her that we weren't technically open, so I couldn't have her anywhere in the store other than right there. She said that she understood, and that she would stay at the front door and apologized for the whole thing, saying that she didn't mean to be a bother. She was just really scared about what the guy that was following her was planning on doing. At this point, I felt like she was leaning too heavily into the story to actually be lying to me. So, I told her that it wasn't a bother and mentioned that, if she sees him, that I would go ahead and call the cops for her. After a few moments of her talking on her phone to whom I'm assuming was her husband, and then her waiting and just staring out the front door, she started making a bit of small talk, which was fine. I still had a couple moments before I could reopen, so... I kind of welcomed the conversation. No sooner than when we started just talking about whatever, I heard another loud sound. But this time, it wasn't just a person smacking the glass. It was the sound of something smashing the glass on the side door. Thankfully, the door was designed so that smashing it would not allow access, as the glass was reinforced, wasn't very wide, and there were four metal bars across it. But this guy was seriously doing everything he could to smash the glass so that he could get in. Like, he was pretty clear in what he was trying to do. The woman screamed. I kind of yelped, like, whoa, what the hell? And turned to look at the scene in front of me. After realizing what was happening, it occurred to me to hit the panic button. I know you're not supposed to hit them until the robber leaves in order to prevent a hostage situation, but I knew that he wasn't going to be able to get into the store with what he was doing. I'm sure that this whole thing played out in like 10 seconds, but it felt like forever. Just standing there, watching this guy rabidly smash the glass in the door and trying his hardest to get into the station. All the while, the woman is screaming that this is the guy that was following her. I'm yelling at her to get behind the counter and trying to figure out what the hell I could do. I guess the guy finally realized that he wasn't going to get in, and he just kind of stood there staring at the two of us with this horrible grin. Like, you could see the malice just pouring out of this dude, and he kept pointing at the two of us and shaking his head. It was terrifying. At no point did he say a word. He just stared, smiled, pointed, and shook his head back and forth, which honestly felt more threatening than if he had been screaming at us. Finally, I started hearing the sirens as the officers started to pull into the lot, and this guy took off behind the building and out of sight. A couple of officers took off after him, and another one came to the door to check on us. I went over and opened it, and, well, that was a fun time explaining to him and the owner when he showed up what the hell had gone down. The woman explained her side. I told my side. It was pretty much the same story, honestly. She had no idea who this guy really was, and I obviously didn't know him. This was just some dude that was an absolute psycho and had ill intentions with this 
poor woman. The officers waited for her husband to show up to come and get her, and I ended up having a long night with them and the owner going over everything, and going through the footage on the cameras. The owner wasn't too happy that I let her in during our closed hour, but I straight told him that if I hadn't, this guy would have gotten to her, and that would have been a lot worse than a bit of property damage. Thankfully, this was the most eventful situation that I've ever had on this job, and I hope that it stays that way. I don't know if they ended up catching the guy or if he got away from them that night, but I never saw him after that, nor did I ever see her. I was definitely a bit nervous to go back the next day, but it was just normal operations after that. I did have to explain to a few of our regulars what happened to the door, which got old, but it is what it is. So, to that lady, I hope that you're doing okay and that this didn't traumatize you too much. And to that guy, I hope that you and I never meet again. You absolute psycho. Hello everyone, I, male, 22, am going to a college in Ohio. I live in a fraternity house that used to belong to the town. The school buys out properties and houses students in them. My house has been displaying some interesting encounters. Last year, around February or March, one of my housemates and I were talking in the hallway outside the bathroom. We were there for at least 30 minutes. The bathroom was empty, no one went in or out, and then the shower suddenly turned itself on. For context, the shower handle is one that points to the ground when off and rotates counterclockwise to turn it on. We looked at each other and we went to check it out. The handle was turned 90 degrees counterclockwise. I turned it off and we resumed our conversation. Last semester, around September, I was at eSports practice. One of my friends had sent me a Snapchat of my room from the outside, asking what I was doing. When I opened the photo, there was a figure standing in my room. This was more concerning considering my room is a single, and I am the only one with a key outside of the skeleton keys kept by campus security. At this point, we had assumed it was the spirit of the old man who conveniently enough passed away in the room that I'm in. At the end of last semester, around early December, my girlfriend, female, 20, and I were sitting on my bed talking. We heard a voice outside of my door. Both of our heads snapped in the direction as it was either a young or female voice. The rest of the house is male. When we asked the others about it, who were all downstairs, no one was outside my door, they all swear that they didn't hear anything or do anything. A few weeks ago, I, my girlfriend, one of my frat brothers and his girlfriend were in the living room playing Mario Kart when there was a sudden, loud bang. We all went to check it out. The shower curtain rod had fallen from its fastened spot. Two years living there and 
it had never fallen before. Finally, last night was one of the weirdest. I heard the same voice from last December, and it was trying to speak to me inside my own head. There was what seemed to be radio interference, best I can describe it, as it kept cutting out. It began to imitate sounds outside. I would hear a car drive by and then a few moments later hear a distorted version of it in my head. After this went on for a while, it screamed at me, "Effing listen! Censored, of course. I hadn't planned on discussing this, hoping it was just a dream, until my girlfriend told me that she heard a growl this morning and asked if I had experienced anything. Our conclusion, as of now, is that there are two spirits in this house. The old man, who's peaceful, and then whatever the other thing is. Any assistance on identifying it or general advice would be welcome. Thank you in advance to everyone's help. Updating information as of February 22nd, 2023. My fraternity brother, male, 20. His girlfriend, female, 19. My girlfriend and I took turns going under with the Estes method. We got some partial information when the other three were under, but... The spirit seemed to be extremely happy to speak to me, as it yielded the most results. This is going to sound weird, and I'm still having trouble processing it all, but it seems that the spirit wants me. I'm not exactly sure what it means by that, but it definitely does not sound good. For example, when asked what do you want, the spirit would respond, him, whilst I was under. My girlfriend has a somewhat special connection to energy. I don't know the official term, but she's an empath and it feels like she can control how the energy flows through her. I don't know if I'm even describing that correctly. She's been using her energy to protect me, and the spirit knows it. It repeatedly was telling her to leave the room, leave the house, not come back. We tested having her leave the room and the aggressiveness increased resulting in my quitting when I heard a voice scream, He will be mine. Chilled to the bone, I removed the headphones and blindfold, and I called the session to a stop. Since doing the Estes method about a week ago, most of the activity has died off, with the exception of things occasionally falling off their sound resting places, the TV randomly turning on, off, or pausing, and I'm having a hard time staying asleep. A few days ago, my girlfriend and I both tested positive for COVID. Although I doubt it's connected to the spirit, it definitely has not helped settle any nerves, and we are now quarantined to my room. Hopefully this added info helps anyone who might have an idea of what's going on, or the previous commenters with additional thoughts of what to try next. Thank you to everyone who has prayed thought of or tried this far to help, and to anyone in the future who does the same. Updated info as of March 12th. Note, this was written right after the incident into my notes on my phone, so I could document the encounter and check for grammar later. I thought I had heard my girlfriend talking to me. She told me that she was missing me. She told me that she loved me. She told me that she is with me. Then, 
I thought she told me to open my eyes, so I did. I was met with the face of our Squishmallow, Willie the Dragon. I began shaking violently, my heart racing and hearing a pounding in my head. I was completely terrified. I was unable to speak, trying to rouse her. I was trying to tap her with my foot, but to no avail. All of a sudden, it stopped, and I'm now typing this. I've never felt that way before. I've never had this occurrence before, and I'm extremely freaked out. I don't think that I'm sleeping for the rest of the night. Thoughts after reflection of the event. I don't know if it was the beginning phases of possession, a panic attack, sleep paralysis, or a combination of a few of them. I've had an anxiety attack before, but this was a completely different feeling and experience. I've done some research online, but have not found anything useful yet. If anyone else stumbles upon this and has any idea of what may have happened, please, tell me. I'm still freaked out. And March 17th, 2023. This morning, my girlfriend wanted to talk to me about something that happened last night. I have no recollection of this conversation. At around 2.45 a.m., I opened my eyes and said, Would you please get out of my freaking bed? Pointing to the bottom corner of my bed. My girlfriend asked me who I was talking to. I responded with, The stranger on the bed, gesturing back to the corner. She asked me, Did you open your eyes? I responded with yes. She then asked, And what did you see? But I didn't answer. I know that sleep-talking is a thing, but she said that I seemed completely coherent, and we had an entire conversation. That is creepy as hell. I have a weird experience that I wanted to share that was just... I honestly don't know what words to use to describe it. It was creepy in its own right, and honestly it left me feeling a bit shaken. Thankfully I came out of the whole thing unscathed, but I kind of feel like it could have gone much, much worse. So, to start off, I'm a delivery driver for a restaurant that isn't the normal kind that does delivery. I'm the only driver for this specific restaurant, and while we aren't as busy as, say, pizza shops, we do get enough orders to keep me busy for an entire shift. Because of this, I put a good number of miles onto my car, and I drain my tank pretty frequently. Sometimes I have to stop at random stations along the way or in between deliveries to make sure that I have enough miles left to get to the next stop, or stops, and then back to home base. It takes a good amount of coordination, and I have honestly pushed it once or twice to a limit that I don't like to push it to. This was, unfortunately, one of those times. It was near closing time, and I was on the last three deliveries. It was a triple, so I had to take one, then the next, and then the next as quickly as I could. I had gotten the first one done, looked up the location for the next, and as soon as I did, I noticed that the mile counter on my car showed three. 
basically. I had three miles to go until I was on a hard empty. I wouldn't say that this is the most accurate reading, but again, I don't want to end up randomly stranded with two people's dinner sitting in my passenger seat. I hit the button for the nearest gas station, and sure enough, there was one that was between a mile and two miles from where I was sitting. It looked like it was kind of tucked in between a couple of neighborhoods. Like, this was a really weirdly placed station, but I was thankful that it was close. I pulled away, made the quick trip to the station, and sure enough, it was there. Google wasn't lying to me this time. The building was dark, like they'd closed up the shop for the night, but the pumps had card readers and were definitely still on based on the lights shining on the screens and overhead. I pulled into the parking lot, got up next to one of the pumps, got out and swiped my card, and basically did all the things that one does when they're going to fill their tank. After a couple of seconds, I noticed a couple of guys standing next to the building. One of them was sitting on the ground and smoking, I could see the embers glowing in the dark, and the other was staring at me from underneath his hood. Of course, I was a bit on edge, I did have cash on me from the deliveries, but at the same time, with where he was standing, I would have had time to throw the pump and jump into my car before he could even get close. So, assuming he didn't have a gun or anything, I was cautious, but pretty sure I would be safe. I go back to filling up, and as the amount hits five gallons, the pump just suddenly stops. I stare at it, squeeze it once or twice, but sure enough, it was done with me. I looked up at the machine and then towards the building, as if there was going to be someone there to help me, when I noticed that the man with the cigarette in his mouth was now standing at the emergency shutoff valve, which explained why the pump stopped working. Within the second that it took me to realize that it was just him, I heard footsteps behind me and thought, I really just let this happen. After telling myself that I was going to be fine and that I would have time to jump in my car, I'm seriously about to get robbed by this creep. I turn slightly and, as expected, the man with the hoodie on is approaching me. But strangely enough, he's not getting very close. Like he was walking towards me, but stopped about six or so feet from me. He lifts his head a bit to stare at me, and I look at him, and there were several awkward moments that we shared while standing at this gas station pump. The whole time, I'm just thinking, I'm dead, while glancing between him and the man at the shutoff valve on the building, making sure that neither of them is getting closer or pulling a gun or something. I honestly have no idea why I did this, but I looked up at the man in the hoodie and just kind of shyly said, Um, the pump isn't working. Like, this man worked there, and was going to go troubleshoot my problems. I really don't know why I said it. I guess it was just me being scared and confused as to what was about to happen. The man smirks, looks down at me, and then up at the machine, and says, Station's closed. As if I wasn't already being awkward and weird, I pointed toward the card reader and said something like, Oh, but I should be able to still get gas, right? The readers are 24-7. The guy in the hoodie seriously started laughing. 
like I had just told him the most hilarious joke and he could not hold it in. After shaking that off, he shook his head and looked back at me to say, No, mate, the station is closed. No more gas. Hint, hint. And then motioned for me to get into my car and leave. I stood there for a moment and thankfully my brain finally clicked that he was telling me to get the hell out of there. I nodded, replaced the pump, and told him to have a good evening and got back in my car. As I did, I looked in my rearview mirror and I watched this guy put his fingers up to his head and motion as if he was shooting himself and start laughing again as he waved at me. I obviously took off from there, and it took a few moments for me to really get a grip on the whole thing, but I think he was basically telling me that if I came back, I was dead. I made a note of where I was, and, well, I left. Now, I'm not sure, but I think that his original plan was much more sinister than what he had ended up doing, and I think that my awkwardness may have actually saved me. Like, I made my dumb comment, and it tickled him to the point that he felt bad, and he thought, oh, I can't kill this pitiful idiot. Obviously, I have no idea if that's true or if he was just willing to give me the opportunity to leave, and if I didn't, then he would take action, but I'm glad that he decided I wasn't worth his time. Thankfully, that five gallons was more than enough to get me to my destinations and back to the store to clock out. I made a mental note to never go back to that station, and I haven't, thankfully. If I have a delivery over in that direction... I fill up before I go that way, just in case. I know it's not the creepiest of stories, but it scared me, and like I said, I came out unscathed, but I feel like I was pretty close to something pretty terrible happening to me. Hey everyone. Long-time lurker in this group, never posted because I've never really had anything that I thought was worth sharing. I've read a lot of stories here, and I honestly never thought that I was going to, one day, make a post. Yet, here we are. Sure, we've had our share of creeps at my work, but this one was far above and beyond everything else. This happened only a couple of weeks ago, so... The memory is still fresh in my mind, and honestly, I'm still a bit creeped out by it. I was working the night shift at my McBurgers, and yes, I'm calling it that because I don't want the real restaurant to see this and try to shut me down, and it seemed like a pretty normal night. To give some context, the McBurgers that I work at isn't in the best part of town. We've had our fair share of weird people and bizarre things happen, but honestly, it kind of feels like the people with ill intent just leave our store alone. It's almost like our McBurger is a safe haven for them, so they know not to do the crazy things there. Like, we get the types that kind of look like they're going to commit a robbery, but they just order a burger and leave. And then, wherever they go afterwards, is who they hit. Well, unfortunately, on this night, we got a taste of the crazy. 
It was around 2 a.m., and we were mostly empty. I was manning the drive through window and doing some sweeping in the back area, when we weren't getting any cars, that is. Kevin, one of my coworkers, was manning the front, but due to lack of traffic, he was doing some cleaning up on the line and the other parts. After a bit of this, we heard the door open, and Kevin wrapped up what he was doing to head up to the front to greet the customer. I watched him go up and look around and then come back saying that there was no one there and shrugging it off. He went back to cleaning. About five minutes later, I looked up and told him that he had a customer, because there was a man standing up at the front. He looked a bit... messed up, is the best way to put it. Not, like, dirty or anything, just a bit like he was stressing out. He was wearing a nicer button-down shirt and a decent pair of slacks, but they were, for lack of a better way to put it again, just messed up. His pants were unbuttoned, but his belt was holding them up. His hair looked like he'd been pulling it out. His shirt was halfway unbuttoned, and his tie was still tied around his neck but was halfway unknotted. He looked like he could have been a VP for a company that had just closed its doors for the last time, if that makes sense. The man just stood there at the counter looking at nothing in particular, like he was just spacing out. Kevin asked if he could take the man's order, and the man just stared at him with that same blank expression. The man kept his eyes focused on Kevin, not saying a word, and after a few moments of staring and Kevin trying to get him to say something, waving his hand in front of his face and looking back at me like, is this guy okay? The guy just straight up screams, hey, straight at Kevin. He jumps, I jump, and we're both now paying full attention to this dude. At this point, our manager Sasha is actually coming out of the office room to see what exactly is going on. And as soon as she does, this man starts screaming at her, yelling that, in his words, she is one with Satan, and that she was an affront to the Holy Father. We both turned to look at her, and she had a confused look on her face, and yeah, it was weird. Then, as we weren't paying attention to the guy, he reached forward and grabbed Kevin's shirt and pulled him close. And at this point, I ran up to the front to try to get this guy away from him. I was sitting there trying to pull this man off, and he's sitting there staring at Kevin with his whole face shaking, and then starts saying, They're coming, Kevin. This is the end. This is how all things end. Considering how much he was shaking aggressively... His voice was surprisingly calm and direct. At this point, he started trying to pull Kevin over the counter, and I was struggling to get this guy off of Kevin. Thankfully, Sasha was already in the back and calling the police. As I'm trying to pry the man off Kevin, he began shouting about how they were here and we needed to leave. Thankfully, the police arrived damn near immediately, my guess is that they were already patrolling the area, and were just waiting for something to happen. The two officers managed to restrain the man, and get his hands in cuffs. 
as they led him away, he continued to rant about some impending doom. The whole ordeal was over in a matter of minutes, but we were all in a pretty confused state of panic. After the police left, we all tried to get back to work, and when Kevin went to clean the restroom, he found a weird symbol that was scratched into the wall. Not the stall, but the actual paint on the drywall. The only way that I can describe it is like a summoning circle from Supernatural. Obviously, we have no idea why he carved it into the wall before going psychotic on Kevin, but at least we knew what he was doing between the time he walked in and we saw him. This left us all a bit shaken, but we did our best to just go back to our mundane jobs until the shift was over. Kevin did end up putting in his two weeks not too long after this, and he actually just had his last shift. He said that he didn't really want to quit, but he keeps getting this weird feeling that the guy is going to come back, and it was bothering him enough to leave. I get it, and I don't blame him. It was definitely a terrifying moment, and the fact that this guy paid way more attention to Kevin probably didn't help. This probably won't be as interesting as most of the posts here, and will probably be long because it's been happening for a while, but it's real and current, and I could really use some help figuring out what to do. To be honest, I don't really know how to start, as it's my first time posting here, but I will do my best. Me and my fiancé live together with our dogs in a really old house that I'm almost certain the previous owner, an older gentleman, passed in well before we lived here. I was told that he was a recluse and not really anything else that I can recall. I've lived in this house with my parents for some time now, before it was just me and my fiancé. My parents aren't dead, they just moved. It's always had a pretty bad vibe, and never really made me feel all that welcome. There have been a few instances over the years, mostly noises up in the attic or in the walls, but, most interestingly, the smell of cigar smoke likes to come around sometimes in random rooms. My mom has asthma, so no one has ever been allowed to smoke inside. Once my parents left the house, after a pretty nasty divorce, I only mention it because I notice a lot of encounters having to do with negative emotions, me and my fiancé have been happier, honestly, since it's just been us, but the weird stuff has been getting worse and worse lately. The feeling of being watched has been tenfold, to the point where it literally feels like someone is about to breathe down your neck. Our dogs have also been acting pretty weird, staring and barking at nothing way more than usual. That, and our dreams. I have always had interesting dreams, but only here have I dreamed of being watched or being intruded on with occasional self-death dreams. An example, a waking dream of someone barging into my room and staring and charging at me, or being stared at through the vents but more noticeable and harder to explain is our windows constantly coming unlocked as of the past few months. They're not 
complicated locks, and it happened so frequently that we started actively checking them to make sure that they're still locked sometimes. And they won't be, or they'll be partially unlocked. It's a lock that swivels left to right over a bump to click in place. Not something that happens on accident. The noises have gotten more frequent and louder, and things get moved when no one is around to move them. Just tonight, I got frustrated and threw a Powerade bottle in a bag into the kitchen, and my fiancé didn't go into the kitchen once. She literally didn't even get off the couch. And the bottle, 30 minutes later, is on the counter upright, when I know that it was on the floor. Also tonight, the noises were really loud. So I checked the house again, and of course, no source and it doesn't seem to happen upstairs while I'm actively looking for it. It literally sounded like someone was dragging something through the wall. It's getting to the point where I'm worried that we have an actual person in the house sometimes, but I'm almost certain that I've checked the house over 20 times, and nothing shows that to be the case. It's honestly grown to be more and more of a concern, and I could really use some peace of mind. If anyone knows anything that can help or has had a similar experience, please, help me out. It's hard for me to explain things through text, so please, bear with me. I guess I'll start this story almost ten years ago when I was six or seven. I stayed, and still do, with my grandparents. They lived in a two-bedroom single trailer with an added-on room. Keep this in mind for later. So, one day, I was asleep and my little sister was in the bed, and my mom had stayed that night so she slept in the same bed also. All of a sudden, my eyes popped open, and my heart started beating really fast. I thought that I had just woken up from a nightmare. As soon as I sat up, I saw this short shadow thing and the hall light was on, so I saw the thing turn into the room. Its head looked like a sideways lemon, kind of like Stewie, and it was moving its head side to side as it was gliding across the floor to me. I hid under the covers and called my mom. I didn't see it again until I was at my cousin's house. We were in her attic, and all of my younger cousins could see the same shadow thing, except for the adults. It was slamming the door open and closed, and once it saw me, it started going faster. After that, I didn't see it again. Fast forward to 2021. In December of 2020, there was an incident that caused me to be depressed, and I was home all the time by myself. I was like 15 at the time. So, I was in the kitchen about to fix myself something to eat, until I got this dark feeling telling me to get out of the house now. I looked down the hall, and it got really dark. So, I ran outside, prayed, and I felt way better. Ever since then, it felt like someone was watching me every time I'm at my grandparents' house. Now I'm going to get into the recent sightings. Around fall of 2021, I was in the added-on part of my grandparents' trailer, 
and I looked outside. I saw an orange or red-looking person. They had no knees, calves, and no head. It looked like a, a corpse to me. It was just walking, so I opened the door thinking it could have been my grandfather, but nobody was there. In 2022, my grandparents got a new trailer put in the same spot. Then, again, I'm there by myself every day. Ever since we started staying there, I get this feeling of dread. It's mostly in my grandmother's room, so I avoid going in there all the time. Me and my mom and little sister have been seeing this lady with a long white dress out of the corner of our eyes. And when it's not that entity, it's a shadow one. So, today, I was in the kitchen, and the trailer we have now is flipped, so where the kitchen is now is where the added room was. I looked out, and I saw the orange-looking thing again. But I saw the whole body this time. It looked as if it was gliding. It spooked me. Usually I would think, oh, it's a bird. But this time... I started shaking and almost cried. I took 30 minutes to calm down, and I got back up and went into the kitchen again, and then I saw another one, but this one was all black with white eyes, standing the exact same way as the other gliding one. The house is by an old abandoned home, and one of my close neighbors passed away, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I'm scared to go back home. I told my grandma, and she told me just to pray. But what do you all think? This story takes place several years ago, but the memory is so heavy that I can see it and revisit it as if it happened last night. The whole event had a profound effect on me, and I'm hoping that by sharing my story, I can help others get an outsider's perspective of the paranormal. Prior to this all happening, I was honestly quite the skeptic when it came to the paranormal. I wasn't the type to say that I didn't believe people, just the type to say, I believe you, but there's no way to prove what happened to you actually happened. I guess I was sort of agnostic when it came to the paranormal, if that makes sense. The experience occurred during the summer when I was house-sitting for a family friend. They had a beautiful old colonial-style house on the outskirts of a rural town, surrounded by dense woods. It was probably the most beautiful house that I have ever seen, and I absolutely adored everything about it. The house had been in their family for a few generations, and while it was well-maintained, it still had that unmistakable air of antiquity. Creaking floorboards, musty smells, creepy little shadows in the corners of the room, all of it. The woman that owned the house was actually childhood friends with my grandmother, and her kids knew my parents and so forth and so on. And that's why when it was mentioned at a get-together that they needed someone to watch the house for a bit, I immediately jumped at it. I had spent some time there as a little girl, so I knew the area too, and I was nothing shy of excited to stay in the house. 
The first two days and nights were completely uneventful. They had asked me to do some cleaning for them, which I had no issue with, and since no one was there, it wasn't like the chore list was extensive. I was just enjoying the days to myself, and I was curling up with my Kindle in their little study room enjoying the feeling of this beautiful house. Now, the third night, that was when things got creepy. The day was fine. I had actually gone to the store to get some food for myself that day, and had spent some time actually having a lovely little picnic in the woods. It was that evening that the feeling changed. The first thing I felt it was this deep sense of unease. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I felt an inexplicable sense of dread, as if I was being watched by something. I tried to shake off the feeling and distract myself with a movie, but the whole time I was watching it, I just kept feeling like something was going to sneak up on me and grab me. I thought that maybe I was just feeling a bit homesick. It kind of made sense. I was feeling off because I was missing my own bed. I figured I would force myself into getting comfortable and would just stay up late watching my queue on Netflix until I passed out. I did just that too. I watched like three movies, and at some point late into the night, I ended up completely passing out on the couch. At some point, around two or so in the morning, I jumped up, like I was having one of those falling dreams and I shot awake. After catching my breath, I laughed and closed my eyes again, but I was struggling to fall back asleep. I kept hearing what sounded like a light tapping sound, like someone was tapping on the wall or a door or something. For a while, I was adamant that I was going to just ignore it and go back to sleep, telling myself that it was an old house, so it was just something to do with that. But then, that light tapping turned into a really loud bang. That bang made me jump up again and look around, trying to see if someone was breaking in or something. I got up, glanced at the doors and out the windows, and as one would expect at two-something in the morning, there was nobody there. I went back to the couch, but before I could sit down, I heard that same bang again, and it was definitely coming from the back of the house, near where the bedrooms were. I walked down the hallway towards the guest bedroom, and the whole time, I could feel that static feeling you get on your arms when you're starting to freak out. I got back to the guest bed, and I pushed the door open to see what it was that was making the noise, and that's when I pretty much lost any semblance of calm. The room was super dark but I could see a figure standing in the room and staring out the window. It looked to be an older woman in a long nightgown. Her face was gaunt and her skin looked pale, almost blue. I stood there, freaking out inside, staring at what was clearly some kind of apparition just watching the side yard from the window. I was thinking that I needed to scream or run or something. Then... She turned to look at me, and her eyes were seriously hollow. There was nothing but darkness there, 
but I could tell that she was staring at me. I got hit with this horrible feeling of despair and sadness until she reached out towards me and then it was fear again. I admit that I screamed. I wasn't really screaming at her, just the situation, and I pulled the door shut and took off down the hallway. I kept running until I got outside. I ended up saying screw it and camping out in my car that night, mostly because I couldn't bring myself to go back inside. When the sun came up, I figured I should stop being so pathetic and went back into the house. It took me a bit, but I did muster up the courage to go to the guest room and see if, for some reason, she was still there. She wasn't, of course, but I did figure out what that banging sound was. Both curtain rods that were on the windows had been pulled off the holders and thrown to the ground. I didn't realize it's the night before when I saw her looking out the window, but it makes sense. I actually called the owner to tell her about the story, because she's the type that I knew would love it, and she laughed when I finished my retelling. She said that she knew who it was, that it was her great-grandmother, and that the current guest room was once her bedroom. She mentioned that, in her words, her spirit sometimes gets antsy in the summer and wants to get outside into the garden, and she basically throws a fit. When I mentioned the curtains, she said that she had recently replaced them, and that her great-grandmother must not have liked them. She asked me to just put them off to the side, and that, as long as her grandma could see out the window, she probably wouldn't be too much of a problem. I really wish that she would have mentioned that the house was haunted, and that she knew it. It would have been really helpful for me though I probably still would have freaked out. I did what she asked. I moved the curtains off to the side, and I made sure to tell her spirit that she apologized for blocking the view, and sure enough, nothing else happened. I didn't feel uncomfortable again in that house for a single minute after that. Since that night, I have never been able to shake the memory of that ghostly woman, and that profound sadness that seemed to emanate from her. She lived in a very different time, and it seems really sad that she's stuck in her home like that, but I guess so long as she can see the garden, she's okay with it. To those that hear this and may be skeptical of the paranormal, I understand. I was like that too, unsure of the idea of ghosts and haunted houses, but my experience in that old house has forever put me on the side of being a believer, and I see that there are indeed things that exist beyond our understanding. I hope that by sharing my story, I can help others who have experienced similar encounters to feel less alone, and, perhaps, encourage those who are curious to approach the unknown with both caution and respect. After all, Sometimes the scariest things are the ones that we can't see or understand, and the mysteries that lurk in the shadows may be far more real than we ever imagined. I think I'll post this here just to see what others think of this experience. 
I'll try to keep it brief but thorough. Around two years ago, now, I was working in landscaping, which meant that I woke up at 5 a.m. and was at work by 6 a.m. Sometimes my now fiancé would spend the night with me for no particular reason other than to spend the night. One morning, I woke up and got ready for work, and then left for work. Everything seemed normal, just another early morning. Around 1 p.m., I got a call from my fiancé asking where I was. I was really confused, but I told her that I was at work like always. She questions me, and asked if I had gone in late or something, to which I told her, no, I left just like always. She then tells me that she vividly remembers me coming up to the bed and crawling in with her, saying that I wasn't feeling good and that I was going to take the day off. She questioned me, and I put my arm around her, and then we both drifted off to sleep. That did not happen, and I just chalked it up to her having a vivid dream. About two and a half months later, the same circumstances, I get another frantic call at 7am. My fiancé is not a morning person, and we usually sleep until noon if she has the day off, so... I was immediately wondering what happened. She tells me that it happened again. Only this time, when I went to get in bed with her, she said, You're not my fiancé. To which, whatever was posing as me, got angry, and said how did she know. This freaked her out, and she said that she suddenly felt like she was in danger. So, she finally sat up and looked towards where the voice came from and realized that nothing was there. I eventually managed to calm her down and was convinced that she just had a bad nightmare or something. We talked later that night, and she said that whatever it was, it felt dangerous. I'm a believer in the paranormal, but I had lived in this particular apartment for about two years at that point, and had never experienced anything. The next day, she decided to stay the night again since I didn't have to work, and she felt safer sleeping with me that night due to the previous morning. I agreed, and we went to bed like normal. That night, around 3am, I had woken up to use the bathroom. Still half asleep, I do my thing, and suddenly the curtain to the shower flies open. I'm not talking about moving a little bit, either. I mean it was completely closed, and suddenly it was pushed all the way to the other side, showing the shower to me. I'm immediately awake and aware now and jump out of the bathroom. I stand there for a few seconds, almost waiting for something else to happen, but nothing ever did. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I told my fiancé about what happened when she woke up. A few other small things happened after this too, but I'll end this here to see what y'all think of this. I'm honestly still confused about it to this day, and never really understood what was going on for the rest of the time that I lived in that room. But thank you all for reading and giving me a bit of your time. When I was a child, 
I had two separate experiences that may have been supernatural or may have simply been my mind playing tricks on me. However, when I was about 18 or 19, I experienced something that was definitely supernatural. On the southern tip of Staten Island, there lies the Conference House and its surrounding park. Up until early 2000s, there was about half a dozen houses on Parks Department grounds that were vacated and demolished so that they could make walking trails and such. An ex-girlfriend of mine has lived in one of these houses with her mother and sisters. When I would spend the night, I would share the pull-out bed with her in the living room. However, there was one night where it was particularly hot, so we went upstairs and slept in her sister's bedroom since it was cooler in there, and they wouldn't be home that night. For whatever reason, I could not sleep comfortably that night. I would wake up and just look out towards the window across the room. Around the third time I woke up, I saw something standing between the bed and the window, but nearer to the window. I was told that this house was haunted, and in the year and a half since I started hanging out there with my ex and her sisters, I had never seen anything. So, this one night, I see standing near the window a silhouette of a human figure. It was just standing there. Even though the room was dark, there was still enough moonlight illuminating the room, yet what I saw was pitch black. I'm talking as black as black can be. I was not able to make out any facial distinctions. It was like devoid of anything human. It really just was a black silhouette and it was terrifying. After staring at this entity for what seemed like forever, or just three seconds, I woke up my then girlfriend. I asked if she was seeing what I was seeing and she did. I quickly asked what we should do, and she said that we should go downstairs, to which all I could say was, okay. Luckily, the door to the hallway was about two feet away from the bed on her side. After she got up, I quickly followed. Instead of getting up on my side, which would have placed me between the foot of the bed and the entity, I rolled across the bed and hurried on my way out, never looking back. That was the one and only time I ever experienced anything in that house. But that moment has stayed with me for nearly 20 years. Even though those houses were demolished in the early 2000s, I don't dare walk down that block at night. This happened to me and my daughter several years ago. My daughter Brooke had recently gotten her permit and would come up with any reason to drive. I didn't hate it though, as she was always willing to run to the grocery store when I needed something for dinner or picking her little brother up from school, so it was definitely helpful. But being a parent, there was also that painful feeling knowing that she was growing up but you're not here to listen to that story. Anyways, I had to run by the drugstore to pick up a prescription and she wanted to drive, so I agreed. My husband was at my son's t-ball practice, so it was going to just be the two of us. 
I think this was partially to drive more, but after we left the drugstore, she said that she wanted to stop by a local fast food place that had really good ice cream. She offered to buy it, though, so I wasn't going to say no to free ice cream, and I agreed. We got there, and decided to go in so that way she wasn't driving and trying to eat. She didn't need to already be driving with distractions anyways. We got in, placed our order, and stood towards the back waiting for them to call it out. After we got it, we went and sat down and enjoyed our little treat and talked about her classes, her friends, etc. I typically ate mine slower, so since she finished before me, she said that she was going to use the restroom before we left. After she walked away, I pulled out my phone to check the time and text my husband. It was just about that time that a guy walked in, and I immediately got a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. He had a pretty average build, was completely bald, and was wearing jeans and one of those brown Carhartt-style jackets. He looked right at me with this piercing stare, and then quickly looked back towards the counter. It gave me a shiver down my spine, and all I could think was that I needed to run. I gripped my phone, but before I could stand up, the guy pulled out a gun and started shouting demands. It was like the room was in slow motion, as I watched people scatter and try to run out the doors. The employees were crouching and covering their heads, all while the poor girl that rang us up just stood there frozen. The guy demanded the money in the register, and she immediately started pushing buttons trying to get it open. As the guy was shouting at her, I looked over to see the restroom door open. My daughter could see the people trying to take cover and looked confused. I tried to communicate the best that I could without talking, shaking my head and trying to motion for her to go back into the restroom. I was praying that she would understand and go back in and call 911, but as she stood there just frozen, I really couldn't blame her. Unfortunately... I was within the sight of the guy and he noticed me motioning to her. This caused him to approach me and hold the weapon in my face, which made my daughter yelp and he looked at her. I immediately spoke up, as stupid as it may have been, but I pleaded with him to leave her alone as she was my 15-year-old daughter. He then looked back at me and demanded that I give him everything I had. I opened my purse, and as I was pulling out my wallet, he snatched it from me. After he searched it and pulled out everything he wanted, he motioned for me to go outside, which then caused my daughter to start crying. Before I could react, he looked at her and said that he wasn't going to hurt me, and again told me to go. As we started walking outside, he put the weapon in his pocket, but kept it close to me, as I remember feeling him press it against my side. He said that he wanted me to drive him somewhere, and I said I would. However, when I approached my van, I realized I didn't have my keys. They were still on my daughter. I tried to say something, but the words weren't quite coming out. I told him I just remembered that I didn't have my keys, and he immediately became angry. It was obvious that he thought I was lying as he snatched my purse from me and proceeded to dump it out into the parking lot. After this, he became pretty furious, and began punching my car door over and over. I stood there not knowing what to do now when 
we both stopped to look up. I'm sure that he heard the same thing that I'd heard, faint sirens in the distance. He punched my door one more time before shouting an expletive and running off. I watched as he ran towards another building and around the back of it. Once he was out of sight, I ran back inside where a lot of people were still covering themselves. Then I heard my daughter quietly call out for me. She had gone to one of the tables near the window and was watching us, I presume. I don't think we have ever hugged as tight as we did at that moment. We all stayed pretty much like that until the cops showed up and told us that we were okay. The guy did not get very far whatsoever as he tried to take someone else's car and got caught in the process. We all explained what happened and what all was taken. He had taken the few bills that I had in my wallet, three credit cards, and my ID. And when they caught him, he had all the cards on him still, so I got those back. I was glad to not have to replace my ID, but even more grateful that no one was hurt. Traumatized, definitely, I'm sure, but I'm so grateful that the gun was never fired. It was a terrifying moment for us, but I don't let it hold me back. It's been almost a decade since this happened, and my daughter has also moved past it too. She definitely struggled for a while, not wanting to leave my side when we were in public, and had some pretty mean nightmares about it, but she's become a very brave young lady. However, I really do hope that we never have to experience something like that ever again. Hello, Raven. I have a scary story of my own to tell, so here we go. So, for some background, I'm a 43-year-old male and this happened to me about three years ago. My wife worked second shift as a nurse at a nursing home. At the time, we only had one car, so I would drive her to work and pick her up so I could use the car during the time that she was at work. One night on the way to pick her up, I decided to stop at a gas station to grab a famous Circle K Polar Pop and a snack for both of us. Now, I need to explain the layout of the parking lot and the store. This was a small Circle K with a very small parking lot. On the right of the building was a small alley tucked between the store and a chain link fence. There was a car parked in front of the alley, but down from it just a bit, which left a small gap that a tiny car could fit through between the car and getting through the narrow alley. I hope that explains the scene okay. As I got out of my car, another car decided to try to fit in between the parked car and into the alley. But it didn't. It scraped up against the car parked in front of the alley and dented the front end and left huge scratch marks. I was pretty shocked. Before I could even get in the store, a man walked out and headed towards the damaged car. I said, Sir, someone hit your car as it squeezed into the alley. He then yelled, What? And a few expletives. I told him I was sorry and that I wasn't able to get the plate number. He then got even madder and started yelling more. At this point, all I wanted to do was get into the store and out of this situation that I brought on myself. But things only got worse. 
The man then reached into his jacket and pulled out a gun. He began to wave it around and scream and yell. He then said, I'll shoot him. I'll shoot anyone. At this point, I was just flat out terrified and frozen in place. I wasn't sure what to do. Should I make a beeline for the store? Or my car? My fight or flight kicked in, and I decided that surely flight was the better option. As he continued his tirade, I decided to turn around and walk at a brisk pace back towards my car. My muscles tightened as I could only think about a bullet piercing my back or, God forbid, the back of my head. I've never felt more unadulterated dread in my life. I've never had to deal with a maniac with a gun. Finally, after what seemed like a solid five minutes, which I'm sure was only about 15 seconds, I was in my car. I let out a huge sigh of relief. I turned my car on and burned out of the parking lot as fast as possible, shaking like a leaf. I thought about calling the police, but then decided against it. I don't know if that was the wrong or right decision, but what I do know is that the right decision now is to mind my own business. This was something that happened when I was driving across the state to visit and reconnect with an old friend. I was doing the driving by myself, which I had only ever done one other time. This meant that I would have to keep myself entertained as I made the nine-hour drive. I packed myself plenty of snacks and drinks so that I wouldn't have to stop, which worked out for most of the trip. However, towards the tail end of my drive, I started to really crave fries. I could tell that I was going to need some more caffeine anyways, so I decided to find a quick place to eat and refuel. I stopped at a fast food chain that was popular in the Midwest to grab something to eat and a soda. It wasn't busy when I arrived, but there were a few people sitting in the lobby and eating, and I saw a few workers behind the counter. I approached as I normally do, greeting the person at the register, but I noticed immediately that they did not look to be in a good mood. In fact, they looked pretty irritated. I hoped it wasn't because of me, so I tried to be as nice as possible. I was working retail at the time, so I completely understood how bad some days could get working with the public. The man at the counter quickly said in a hurried manner, What can I get you? So I started giving my order, and when he was repeating it, he stumbled over his words and then also said the wrong item. I politely corrected it, which made him look down, and he started jamming buttons with his finger, and then loudly sighed and apologized. I giggled slightly and told him that it wasn't a big deal and was trying to be nice. I told him that I appreciated him repeating back the order for reasons just like that. It's amazing how far a little kindness can go. He then sighed again and told me that he was just having a bad day. I apologized, told him that it was okay though, and that we were all allowed to have our bad days. Apparently, this was enough for him to give me a quick synopsis of everything that he was dealing with, which was definitely a lot for one person. 
and I just tried to be polite. This all was happening while I paid and stood there with my receipt for a moment. After a few minutes and our conversation winding down, he said that he appreciated me listening to him rant and that he would bring me my food so I could go sit down. I said thank you and went and found a seat. I sat at one of those bar tables with the stools that faced towards the parking lot, with my back to the counter. Enough time passed for me to text my friend to let them know where I was at, and respond to a few other messages, when the same guy brought over the tray with my food. I thanked him, and he walked away, so I just began enjoying my meal. I was probably about halfway through it when I heard a familiar voice approach my spot from the side and say hi to me. It was that same guy. He asked if he could sit with me for a moment while he was on break. I did think it was a little weird, but I wasn't going to be there much longer, so I told him that it was fine. That is when the guy just unloaded. He was talking about how he was stressed because his car broke down. He thought his girlfriend was going to leave him. His parents were pressuring him about his schooling because he wasn't passing all of his classes in college because he was getting burned out, and he didn't think that he wanted to be in that field anymore. Then, he topped it all off with something along the lines of, and... I have to pick up shifts here because my worthless boss's kid can't be bothered to work their own damn shift. That last part he said a bit louder and looked towards the back, like he was wanting to make sure that somebody heard it. These were all definitely terrible things to have to deal with, and I did feel bad for him, but in that exact moment, I had no clue what to do or say other than... Wow, I'm so sorry. He just stared at me and let out a heavy sigh. You know what? It's alright. At least I got it off my chest, which helped more than you know. <laughs> I told him that I was glad I was able to help him and that everything would work out in the end. He then stood up and thanked me and asked me for my name. Hell, I didn't even live in that state and... I would probably never see him again, so I told him honestly what it was. He told me his name, which I think was something like Mac or Mark, something like that. Then he walked back to the kitchen. I had a small moment at that point thinking, well, that was something. <laughs> and I went back to my meal, preparing to call my friend when I left to tell them about it. I was just about finished, but was distracted doing something on my phone, when I heard someone from behind me shouting, which startled me. I just heard someone shout, SHUT THE F- N- UP! I turned around to see Mark, and who I assumed to be the manager, because they had on a different colored shirt, standing in the kitchen. The manager had his hand up in a manner like he was shrugging, while Mark was throwing his hands around angrily. The manager was talking a lot quieter, as I could only hear Mark shouting. It's now gotten the attention of the others in the lobby and the two other workers on the other side of the kitchen, and after a short conversation between the two, I heard Mark grab something to his right, and before I could blink, he had swung it at the manager. The next thing I remember was hearing the agonizing screams coming from the manager, 
while the two workers on the other side are also now yelling at Mark. I quickly got up and ran over to the counter where I saw the horrifying scene. Mark was now on top of the manager and swinging this hot fry basket at his face. I was frozen in place. I knew what I needed to do, which was call 911, but I couldn't move. I just stood there horrified by the situation unfolding in front of me. I finally did come to my senses when one of the other employees jumped on Mark and was fighting to get him off of the manager. I went back to my seat to grab my phone and called 911, and thankfully they were able to get my location because I barely knew where I was. They asked me to stay there so that they could talk to me, so I had to stay there even longer to wait for them. A couple other customers had run out the door while one of them tried helping the manager by applying cool towels to their face and arms. Somehow, he was still conscious, or had regained consciousness, but his moans of pain? I will never forget that. To this day, they still haunt me. Meanwhile, after the other employees got him off the manager, Mark ran towards the back and I didn't see him again. I wanted to do something, but I was scared that he may come back out and try to do something again to all of us standing there with him. I just stood by the door hoping to see the cops or an ambulance soon. After what felt like an eternity, they did finally show up. The cops went in first and immediately went to the back, and then the EMTs came in and started caring for the manager. I then had to tell them everything that I saw, as well as everyone else that was still there. Apparently there was another exit out the back, and Mark had left through it, and he was long gone. Unfortunately, I wish that I could tell you more about this, but that was pretty much it. After all that, and I was given permission to leave, I got sick and then called my friend from my car, now shaking and crying. I explained everything to them, and when we couldn't talk anymore, I called my sister and told her. There was no way that I could finish this drive by myself with my own thoughts. I definitely needed a distraction. I only had about three hours left to go, which was enough time to get it all out, calm down, and then even pull over to take a quick, much-needed power nap. I got to my friend's place late that night, and after a few drinks... I crashed. I was thankful that I was with good company after that because the thoughts and sounds kept circling my mind, and definitely made it hard to sleep for a few nights. I have no idea of the conditions of the manager or if the Mark guy was ever caught, but I just hope that both of them got the right help they desperately needed. Oh, and if I'm ever on a road trip like that, I only do the drive through now. I work the overnight shift at a gas station that is situated in a suburb area that isn't fully incorporated. By that, I mean that there aren't houses everywhere, and there are quite a few spots that are just dense forests. When you live and work near areas that are just trees like this, a lot of weird rumors and stories get thrown around, and this area was no exception. 
I had actually heard some dumb stories about the woods from coworkers. There was a rumor that they, whoever they were, had found a bunch of mutilated deers out in the woods, and that a man had once been camping in the woods and got attacked by something. I don't know why a man would be camping in the woods behind a neighborhood, but it is what it is. They were just silly stories told by people to scare others. Of course, now, I'm a bit more of a believer because of the fact that I saw something in those woods that I can't really explain. It was a pretty quiet night. We weren't very busy, so... I was taking the opportunity to do some restocking and cleaning of some of the shelves. As I was stocking some of the chips, I heard what sounded like a thud coming from where the dumpster was on the side of the building. Unfortunately, we'd had issues with the homeless guy that kept trying to sleep in our dumpster. And as much as I felt bad for the guy, I couldn't let him do that. Because the truck came for the dumpster at like 4 in the morning. So, if he was sleeping in it overnight, well, bad things could happen. I stepped outside to check it out and see if it was him, and if it was to tell him that he couldn't stay there. As soon as I stepped outside, I got hit with something that I actually struggle to describe, beyond a hit of adrenaline that sent chills down my spine. It was like I needed to be scared of something and my body knew that I needed to be scared, but I didn't know what I needed to be scared of. I slowly turned toward where the dumpster was, and I really don't know what it was that I was looking at. Whatever it was, it had dropped the dumpster onto its side, and it was tearing into the trash. I just sort of stood there staring at this nasty mass of fur, that was eating the garbage. I think I was trying to place a name to this thing, and it was like some kind of dog, or like a wolf, or a coyote, but no. I can say with certainty that this thing was canine-like, but was not a normal canine. Its body was lanky, like its limbs were extended like a person's, and it was way too large to be any sort of dog. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. If I had to put a number to it, I would say that it could have easily stood six foot tall. Its fur was matted and dirty and dark, and I could see that this thing had hellish claws on its hands or paws or whatever. After a few minutes of me just standing there and watching this thing, it noticed me kind of just sniffed in my direction, but then ended up turning away and crawling back into the trees. I watched it as it went back into the forest, and just kind of stood there watching me as I watched it, though it was probably just waiting for me to leave. I was watching it because I was horrified. When I regained control of my legs, I ran back into the station and just stayed at the counter pretending that this whole event never even happened, because I didn't want to think about this possibility that that thing could be out there, lurking. I tried to rationalize what I saw numerous times, 
saying it was a wolf or just a really, really skinny bear. But I know for a fact that it wasn't. I don't know what it was, but I don't have a name for it. Other than creepy, dog-looking, cryptid thing. I'm sure that someone else will probably say what they think it was, and I welcome that because any information would be helpful. I haven't seen it since that night, and I still work the same shift, but it hasn't come back, thankfully. Though, I will say that now, every time I hear something out by the back of the store messing with the dumpster, I tend to ignore it. One of my first jobs was working at a fast food place that, I'll just say, was famous for serving tacos. For what it's worth, it wasn't the worst thing, but I definitely would not choose to go back. I'd had my share of ungrateful customers, unnecessary messes left behind by them, and, well, much more. But I've also had some weird customers that were memorable. We weren't often in situations where we feared for our safety, though, so I would just take a deep breath and get ready for the next day. However, there was one situation that often plays in my head when people bring up working in food. I was working the front on this day, taking orders and occasionally picking up the lobby when it was slow. We were open 24-7, and I picked up part of someone else's shift, so I was going to be there until 2 in the morning. It was probably around 11 to midnight when a guy walked in. When you work overnight in fast food, you get used to the clientele that you see around that time. So, it didn't really catch me off guard at first when the guy looked a bit disheveled. He was tall, average-built-looking guy with thinning hair and a scruffy beard. He was wearing a dark hoodie and some pretty dirty sweatpants, but was keeping his hands in his pockets. When he entered, he seemed like he was surveying the lobby, so between that and him keeping his hands hidden, it did kind of put me on guard. We had never been robbed before, but we did go through training on how to handle them if one were to occur. I was hoping that I was just being way too judgmental, and I still greeted him with a smile. I asked him what I could get for him, and he just stared at the menu with his eyes glazed over. I kept looking around the area, in a worst-case scenario kind of way, to determine my escape routes or possible weapons. I backed up a bit trying to play it off like I was looking for something, when the guy finally spoke in a soft and calm voice. I'm not gonna hurt you. After that, I definitely felt stupid. I felt bad for assuming this guy's intentions and tried to play it off like I was cool, though. I said with a bit of a laugh something like, Oh, what? Oh, nah, you're fine, man. I was just looking for the broom. Just let me know if you have any questions. No rush. He didn't look down at me or move his eyes at all. He just continued to stare at the menu. I walked to the side, bringing the broom to at least back up my story. <laughs> when I came back, he talked a bit more in the same solemn tone that he had before. I actually do have a question. 
Or more so a favor. Uh, yeah, man. Sure. What's up? Can you call the cops for me? I didn't know what to say at this point, so I just stared for a minute and he kept talking, still looking up. I'm still not going to hurt you. I just... I'm gonna need a cop. I went to walk away to grab a phone and tell one of the others that worked there when he called me back over, telling me to wait. I would like to order first, before you call. You guys make the best quesadillas. Not knowing what else to do other than what he asked, I placed his order, and he pulled out a wad of cash from his pocket with a shaking hand. I actually told him not to worry about it, and he thanked me and put it back in his pocket. He then walked over to a nearby table and sat down as he looked at the table. After his order was done, I brought it over to him, and he told me that I could go ahead and call the cops now, and then began to eat his food. I then walked to the back and called the cops. That was a confusing call, and they didn't seem to take me seriously at first, either. I told them everything that I knew. I explained the guy's demeanor, what he looked like, and said that he appeared to be unarmed, but he had asked me to call the cops, and I had no idea why. They then said that they would send a unit our way, though. At this point, I had already told the other two people working that night what was going on, and one of them overheard part of it. We all stayed in the back trying to come up with things in our heads as to why he may have done this. When the cops did finally show up, the man stood up, threw away his trash, and before walking towards the cops, he walked back over to me, and for the first time that night, he looked me in the eyes. He then reached out, shook my hand, and thanked me. He walked over to the police, and they walked him out of the building. We all thought that that was weird, but just left it at that, as nothing else really happened. That is, until about an hour later, we had a different officer come in wanting to ask us more questions. He was asking very specifically what all the guys said and did, and if we even knew which way he came from. I didn't see him pull up or what he was driving, but there were no cars in the parking lot that night other than our own, so he could have walked there. All I remembered was that he did not exist prior to opening the door, so I don't think we were much help. He then left and again we heard nothing else of it. It wasn't until a few days later when there was a story on TV that caught my attention, they were making light of it and mentioned something about murder making you hungry? Or something to that effect. Anyways, they had mentioned that a man turned himself in after bludgeoning his father to death, but not before he stopped for dinner. I looked up more information on it, and got some more clarification, but it certainly did not make me feel any better about the situation. It showed the mugshot of the guy, which confirmed it was the same one that came in that night. It was reported that he turned himself in after he had beaten his dad to death that evening. He said that he knew we had to turn himself in, but he hadn't eaten and wanted one last meal of his choice. And, based on the area that they listed for when this took place, this man probably walked about four miles to get to my exact store. I assumed that he walked because, again, there were no cars in our parking lot. I just thought to myself, 
why us? Why our store? But I guess he did say that he did enjoy the food at our location, and it would have been the closest one to him. The thought that I was talking to a man and gave him a free meal just hours after he had killed someone, it terrified me, and it made me feel pretty awful. Well, to be honest, it gave me mixed feelings. I was terrified, and my first thought was that my reaction that night was warranted. This guy could have easily hurt me too, but he didn't. But when I gave him the free meal, and when he shook my hand, he seemed genuinely thankful. By the look in his eyes, I thought he had just had one hell of a day, or maybe even life, and appreciated the generosity shown. I'm still not 100% sure on the details. I've looked around at different news articles trying to find others that may have known the guy, but all I've found has pretty much been hearsay. I heard some people say that he was abused by his father, and that he just couldn't take it anymore. I heard that he was using drugs and may have snapped or hallucinated and attacked him. I've heard some pretty wild things, but I can't say for sure. All I know is that after that experience, I appreciate life a bit more and understand just how fragile it can be. There is a place in Nova Scotia known locally as Little Girl's Grave. It's a gravestone of a young girl named Catherine McIntosh. She died of an illness and was originally buried in McLennan Cemetery. However, due to a dispute with a neighbor, her body was dug up and moved to the side of Greenvale Road in front of the family farm. One night, I went with two friends to visit the gravestone. It was a dark and gloomy night. Driving down the eerie winding road until we came upon the location, we'd actually brought a toy to leave at the gravestone. The local lore surrounding this site says to leave a toy for her and to never take a toy away. It wasn't until we left and began driving down the dirt road that we had a paranormal experience. We noticed on the front windshield in the condensation a small child's footprint on the glass. It was so detailed and human-like, it scared us quite a bit, to say the least. One of the friends that I had visited the gravesite with, we worked at the same restaurant at the time. A few days after we had visited the site, we were working together, and we both heard something truly bizarre. It was the sound of a child laughing, very faintly. We both stared at each other in disbelief, and we had no idea where the sound originated from whatsoever, as there was no one around except the two of us. Not long after this, we had a falling out and have not spoken with each other since 2013. This is one of the only paranormal experiences that I have encountered in my life. If anyone who reads this has had any similar experiences at this gravestone, please, Share it with this community. Thank you for reading my story, and may you all have a good evening. Back in 98, my best friend Jessica and I were really into ghosts and gore. 
We would have her dad rent Faces of Death on the weekends, camp out at her house, and just indulge. Working at the video store was your typical video store employee back in the 90s. Late 20s, single, and lives with his mom. He and his mom lived in the neighborhood for quite a while, so he had all the stories. We would spend hours in the video store looking over videos and conversing with Jim. Jim had all the neighborhood stories. There was this house at the end of my street, closer to Jessica's house, that constantly had families moving in and out, all short stays, no longer than a year. Our high school bus stop was directly in front of this home. The longest tenant in the home were a gothic kid and his older mom. They stayed for the better part of a year. While at the video store one day, Jim tells us the story of the house at our bus stop and why no one seems to be able to live in it for an extended amount of time. The story goes that there was a party in the house back in the 70s, and supposedly, a woman was decapitated, wrapped in the carpet, and then relocated. Needless to say, my friends and I must investigate. By this time, the house is empty again. She spends the night at my house, and we planned to sneak out in the middle of the night to check it out. The time comes, it's two, three in the morning. Jess and I, for whatever reason, crawl on all fours down the street until we're a safe distance from my house, enter the house through the backyard, past the pool, used it as a restroom, and proceeded into the house through the kitchen. The kitchen area is an open floor plan, attached to the living room with the bathroom and the bedrooms breaking off. We were being really disrespectful. I can't recall what we were doing or saying, but it wasn't nice. We walked into the bathroom closest to the kitchen, and we started to smell this horrid stench, something along the lines of rotting meat. We walked into the bathroom, and all of a sudden, this bright green orb comes shooting out of the toilet headed straight towards us. We screamed and ran out the back door, from which we came, past the swimming pool and past the window of the bathroom that we just ran out of. The entire bathroom was illuminated a bright green color, and we ran our back ends back to my house to never go back. What the hell was that? I was on a long drive trip a while back, heading to another state for a work event that I was pretty much told I needed to be a part of. I was given the options to fly, or to drive a rental car out there, and if I drove, I had to do it over the weekend, and I wouldn't be paid for mileage. Which, whatever. I am terrified of flying, so I chose to drive. There's no particular reason for me to be terrified of flying, but the two times that I have been on a plane, I've had full-blown panic attacks that have ended in myself vomiting. I think it's just me. I get freaked out and I panic. So, obviously, I told my boss that I would get a rental car and just drive to the conference. The trip took way longer than I honestly anticipated and I was driving pretty late into the night. And at the point where this event happened, 
I was running low on gas. I wasn't low enough that I would have ended up on the side of the highway, at least I don't think so, but I was low enough that I had made plans to fill up at the next station that I saw on an exit sign. I went for a while longer, saw that there was a station at the next exit that indicated it was open 24 hours, and thought that I should consider stopping to use the restroom, getting something to drink, and then fill up my tank. I pulled off, and after a little bit of searching, I did find the station. It was decently lit, so that wasn't a huge deal for me, but as I parked, I noticed that in the same parking lot as the station was what looked like an old motel that was boarded up. It kind of looked like a stereotypical old motel. Two floors, three rooms on each floor, and then the one extra room on the bottom that had the word office on the door. A couple of the rooms were missing their doors. Some of them were just boarded up, and some of the windows looked smashed. Honestly, it's not relevant, but it was a bit unsettling. But I wasn't there for lodging, I was there for gas. I headed into the station, and it looked decent at the very least. Like, sure, it was a bit dim, and a couple of the fluorescent bulbs were burned out, but... The floor was clean, and everything looked well-stocked. It wasn't a small station, either. There was actually a good amount of space, and everything looked open, so it was kept up. There were two guys standing at the front counter talking to the clerk, and honestly, none of them looked too threatening. They just looked... normal. As I walked in, the clerk turned his attention to me, and he, very politely asked me if he could help me find anything. I asked him if he had a restroom, and he motioned toward the back. I nodded and headed back and did my business. While I was washing my hands, though, I heard what sounded like all three men giggling like schoolchildren. At what, I don't know, but at the same time, people laughing isn't necessarily a bad thing or creepy. It was just something that I noted. When I walked out of the restroom, though, I could literally feel the three of them just staring at me as I went over to the drink cooler to get something for myself, and grabbed a snack. I thought that they would look away or break their stares as I walked toward the counter, but... nope. They all three just kept watching me as I approached. I tried my best to ignore it as the guy scanned my items, but after a few moments of my skin starting to crawl... As the other two were glaring, I looked over towards them with a stare of, Alright, I know you're staring, you can stop now. As soon as my attention was turned toward them, one of the guys took this opportunity to say, We were making a bet on something, and I wanted to know, what would you rate me out of a ten? This caught me a bit off guard, and I wasn't really sure what to say. I just kind of scoffed and turned back toward the clerk. Unfortunately, he was in on their game, and he was just staring at me with his eyes wide holding my Red Bull. At this point, I was annoyed, so I just said that I would like to pay for my stuff and go. He then told me that he would give me my things when I answered the question. I said that I wasn't interested in whatever this was, and that I would just like to pay and go. Once again, he laughed and said, 
not until you answer him. At this point, I decide that it wasn't worth my time to put up with this, and there were three of them versus one of me. I turned and walked away from them, but as soon as I reached the door, I felt a hand reach out and grab my hip. Unfortunately for the person that grabbed me, which was the man that had asked me to rate him out of ten, as I was walking towards the door, I had actually unhooked my pepper spray from my keys. I had a small cartridge that had a keyring on it, and he took the full blast of it to the face. The other two men started yelling at me, he started screaming, and I turned and took off towards my car. Thankfully, the car had a push start, so I was able to get the engine going and get out on the road before the three of them could even get out into the parking lot. The whole time I was pulling away and getting back on the highway, I was staring back at my rear view and seeing if they were following me, which, thankfully, they weren't. After about five minutes of being back on the highway, I pulled over and resituated myself, trying to calm down and get through the anxiety attack that it was definitely about to hit me. In the end, I was just thankful that I had the mental wherewithal to grab my pepper spray while I was walking. I just had that feeling that one of them was going to try something. I ended up going for about another half an hour until I found a gas station in a much less creepy and more populated area, and I filled up without issue. This was definitely the event that made it click that these things can happen to me, and I'm way more aware of my surroundings now. Before the guys started in on being a creep, I really didn't get any red flags from them, but even those that don't seem like creeps can be the worst. I'm not saying be paranoid or be scared of everyone, just that being prepared is always a good idea. When I was about five years old, my mom told me about a ghost story of hers. She was at a costume party and took a photo in front of her old family TV. I don't have the photo. They all looked at the photo and saw a little silhouette of a young boy, and they were absolutely flabbergasted, thinking ghosts didn't exist. A couple of years later, before I was born, my mom worked as a beauty therapist, and she had a client. And the client noticed a young boy, and the client then asked my mom, Do you have a son? My mom answered no, and then the client said that there was a young boy hiding behind the counter. My mom was terrified, knowing that it might be the boy from the costume party. Back to around the present day, 2022, I was 12 years old, and one night before I went to sleep, my eyes flashed. Like when your eyes get rubbed too hard, and then out of the corner of my eye, standing right next to me, was a boy. He looked exactly how my mom described him. My mom always mentioned the spirit as a nice ghost, and that it would never hurt anyone. As I'm writing this now, I'm currently in my room, lying in the place the spirit was last found, and I'm just getting goosebumps thinking about how it can probably hear me right now. We think that it's my older brother, who died at birth, just watching us. 
So, my sister had a birthday yesterday, and I was spending some time with her at her house, and we were talking about our childhood memories together. I brought up the subject of our earliest memories that we could recall. And I told her my earliest memory, and she explained that hers happened to be a dream. And in that dream, she said that she saw a very creepy man. She said that she can still see the face of the man very vividly, which I find astounding, because she was three years old when she had this dream. She turned 31 yesterday. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time remembering the faces of people that I met recently, let alone am able to recall the face of someone I had never met before in one of my dreams when I was just three years old. She showed me a picture of what this man looked like that she had seen, and the picture was that of Nosferatu. If you're not familiar with that name, look him up. I believe he's also called Orlok. Anyways, he's a vampire. A very creepy-looking vampire with claws. I bring this all up because I've always had a strange feeling about myself, and if I might be connected to something that isn't really explainable. I was at an event when I was younger and saw this orb that was colored neon white and blue. That's how I would explain it, but it wasn't shaped like an orb. More like the dog off of Nightmare Before Christmas. I could tell that no one in the room noticed it, but I didn't really feel like it was out of place. I grew up in a cul-de-sac right beside the woods, and on the edge of the cul-de-sac written in red were the words, Beware of Doug. I always wondered what that meant. It may not be of anything of significance, but it always gave me the creeps. While standing on the edge of those woods, I could always hear a creaking noise coming and going. I always imagined it being a screen door just opening and closing, but as I got older, I thought that it may have been the sound of a noose. I'm still not sure what it was, but that definitely gave me the creeps. The next story is several years later when I was about 17 years old, and I was on my way to pick up my sister from work. She was getting off at midnight. I was about to turn on this certain road leading to her work, and by that road was a cemetery. On the edge of the cemetery was a sidewalk, and on that sidewalk was this woman in a white gown walking barefoot. I remember that she had brown hair that went down to the middle of her back, and just as I was about to turn onto the road, she started to turn and look at me. I got spooked and I didn't look back. Several months later on New Year's Eve, at around midnight, me and my friends were driving on the town square, and my friend asked if we had seen that girl walking. And I asked what she looked like, and he explained the exact same thing that I had seen. Except when I saw her, she wasn't carrying anything especially not a present. After that, we actually went looking for her, and were at a spot that some guy had hung himself at, and then it started snowing. So, if you guys could give me some insight onto what this all could be, I would love to hear your thoughts. Hey there, friends. That was 
today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast. And I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5 star, 1 star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends, I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.